Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 32 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. No Jordan Lawrence today. I'm Drew Skyberg, your host. And later in the episode, we'll be joined by a special guest, Clay Taylor, the Bucks believer. We'll be previewing the Bucks season later in the episode. But first, we got a lot to talk about. Jordan Lorenz, he's gone this week, and he is announcing some hockey games in Ashwaubenon. We wish him the best. Hopefully, he had a good Saturday and Sunday because it was a lot of announcing, he said. And he, he better be enjoying it. I mean, it's a great experience for his resume. And we, as we know, he's a great announcer, so he shouldn't be having any problems with that. But let's get right into it, guys. We have some big news. We have revealed our sweatshirt merchandise it is some cool stuff we got a google form if you want to fill it out for the sweatshirts we got some we got three colors we are offering we got black white and a navy blue and it it looks great and we just i just appreciate all the support we've gotten so far with the sweatshirts we actually put up a poll and we had a good chunk of people who said yeah they buy some sweatshirts so we sent them the form and a lot of them filled it out so i really i can i can't thank you guys enough for the support we've gotten with the merchandise considering we just gave up the shirts last week and, and a few weeks prior because there was a big delay there. And we assure you we won't have that issue here because we, we're going through Allied Sports, a better a better merchandise place. Not going to dog the place we went before, but yeah, I mean, some sweatshirts, can't go wrong. $25 only. That's the one thing I wanted to add. You'll see people charge for sweatshirts, 35, 40 bucks. We're charging 25 because we want to give you guys the best price. We want to thank the fans. And that, that's what we're all about here at Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. So now let's move into the shout out of the week. And of course, it's going to be the fans. I mean, it's basically what everything I just said. I mean, you guys have been great so far. The Instagram has blown up in the past few weeks and it's because of you guys. So we just Jordan, Jordan, I just truly thank you guys for all the support. Um, if you're just liking posts, um, doing the polls on the story for the sweatshirt uh, and just like comments and just, just sharing our page. We've got a good chunk of people do that as well. And yeah, you guys are just spreading the word of the sports crew and that's what it's all about. So let's now move into more stuff. We got, we got to go through all the, all the stuff here. We got to go through the stats of the week. And I get to finally say it because Jordan Lorenz is gone and it's great to say, so let's go coming into week six. Lamar Jackson had more total yards than 18 teams. So we're starting with some NFL here. He had more total yards than 18 teams in the National Football League. That, that's ridiculous. Lamar Jackson has been playing well lately. He had a big game last week against the Colts on primetime Monday Night Football. And I am in my Dynasty League, so I'm really happy with how he's been playing in the last few weeks. I got, I got a lot of crap for taking him in my dynasty league. And you know what? It's paid off so far. So we'll leave it at that there. Another football stat here, Matt LaFleur. He is tied for the third. He's tied for third for fewest games to 30 wins. He did it in 37 games. And it's only counting regular season games. So we're not going to count the NFC championships. We don't like those. So 30 and seven basically is what he did in, thir- in to get his first 30 wins. That's it. phenomenal. Matt LaFleur been a phenomenal head coach as well so really glad with that hire next stat we got some baseball walker bueller of the los angeles dodgers posted the third lowest era in mlb history when he faced elimination in game four of the nlds walker bueller in game four had an incredible outing yet again and the dodgers ended up winning this series against the giants and logan webb put up 
incredible starts in games one and five. He, he looks really, really good. I, I call him a budget Corbin Burns. He might be, he's just right below Corbin Burns in that level. Like he's just, he can make the ball spin and do, do things that the ball, a baseball should not be able to do. And they're both just really effective right-handed starting pitchers. And I, I enjoy watching both those guys pitch, but yeah, the NLCS kicked off Saturday night and it's the Braves and the Dodgers. And we're not going to talk about Brewers right now in this episode. We're still grieving about it right now. That'll be episode 33. You'll, you'll get to hear Jordan. And I will be on, we'll be talking a Brewer season recap. Basically that, that's going to be a good chunk of the episode for there. And just going off to a little tangent, just got to go through the schedule now. So Monday right now, you're getting episode 32 with myself and Clay Taylor, the Bucks believer. Wednesday, you'll be getting episode three of Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. Kyle Tuma, now playing for UW Platteville, played for Valor's High School for baseball, or for, I mean, played baseball, but for basketball and football as well. But we're going to be mostly talking basketball. He made state, he went to state his senior year for basketball, the whole team, the whole team and he made the state team as well. He had one of the best halves of basketball. I've ever seen in my life, which I'll get, I'll dive more into in that episode. And then we got Friday. We'll have a short little episode with Robert Schimmick. We'll be talking about the playoff games, which I'll briefly mention the teams and the matchups, but we'll, we'll do a little bit more deep dig and we'll talk about who we think is going to win. And just, we'll, we'll be talking some playoffs basically. And it, it'll be, like I said, five to 10 minutes. Hopefully we're going to try and get Robert, get a little more condensed clips so we can post it on the Instagram because He's another guy we got to really thank. He's been really able to spread our name as well, able to shout us out and really help us grow. But that's that's for this week then. And then, like I said, next Monday, you'll hear the MLB Brewers season recap. So that's what you can expect coming up. And let's get into, I got a few more stats, actually. I got, this is actually one I submitted. Postseason home run all-time leaders. Jose Altuve. And this is actually a little outdated because we saw him hit a home run, I believe, Friday. So Jose Altuve might be third all-time right now with 20 home runs, I believe, is what, what we're looking at. Manny Ramirez, 29 home runs all-time in the postseason. That's by far number one, by seven. Bernie Williams, 22, is second on the list. Derek Jeter, 20, with third, third on the list. I mean, Derek Jeter in the postseason, you can't go wrong. George Springer. Fourth on the list with 19. Well, now I, th- I, yeah, I think he'll still be fourth. I think Jeter and Altuve are tied now, but it just shows with the Astros making the championship series five years in a row. They got Altuve and Springer on this list, and they're on a phenomenal run right now. And yeah, they they won Game One Friday night. Game Two is going on right as I'm recording this this segment of the episode. And I saw Devers hit a grand slam. So maybe the Red Sox will tie this up and we'll see. Hopefully we get a good seven game series out of the two teams. But now let's move on to on this day, October 18th, 2021 is today. But we're going back to 1889 to start the first all New York City World Championship Baseball Series featured the New York Giants of the NL. They played the Brooklyn Bridegrooms of the AA. So like the old AL, I believe it is what it was. And the Giants go on to win the series, but they tell me that they won six to three. So I don't know if that was the last game they won six to three, or if they won, it was best out of nine back then. So, which wouldn't make sense why they would play the other games because it would be first to five, but I'm not sure. I'm going to assume they won the game six to three, but let's move on here. 1902, 
the seventh Iron Bowl. Auburn beat Alabama 23 to nothing in Birmingham. And now let's move on. 1967 on this day, AL votes to allow the athletics to move from Kansas City to Oakland to expand the league to 12 teams in 1971. And this gave Kansas City Royals and the Seattle Mariners, the the new teams now in those cities, Kansas City and Seattle. On this day in 1974, first NBA game at Market Square Arena, the Pacers beat the Spurs 129 to 121 and Lastly, on this day, also in 1974, Chicago Bull, Nate Thurmond, he becomes the first in NBA history to complete a quadruple double, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 12 blocks. Maybe we'll see this out of Giannis this year. I'll talk to the Bucks believer. I'll see what he says about that. And now let's move on. I got a brief weekly sports talk before we get into our NBA preview with Clay. In the weekly sports talk segment, we're going to be talking some EWC football And we're going to be talking about the playoff matchups as well. So I'm going to briefly get into this right away here. So we saw the games week nine, finally, of Friday Night Lights. This football season, it's flown by. It has gone fast. It's been exciting. I mean, last year, the teams we were playing into November, and it was cold. And Friday night, I'm going to get right into the games. 10-15 was the date. The Baldur's Vikings played at Chilton for Chilton's homecoming. I was at the game. Bowlers lost 41 to 22 and Chilton played really well for their homecoming. They're up 21, nothing end of one. And they, they ran away with the game. Bowlers were able to score some late touchdowns. But other than that, the battle of highway 151 trophy stays with the tigers and winner of this game. Like we said, made the playoffs. So Chilton also made the playoffs. I'll get into playoff matchups after this, but we're going to be, I got to get through these games because we got a lot to talk with Clay about. So, Keel Ron Colley, Keel wins 56 to 8 over Ron, the Jets. Not a surprise. Keel now gets, makes the playoffs with this victory. So, I was a shocker there. I mean, they had the tiebreakers. Odds are where they were going to get in. They got in. So, next game, TR New Holstein. TR wins 20 to 14. So, a closer game there. Both those teams make the playoffs nonetheless. So let's now get to the game of the week. The game of the week decided who won the Eastern Wisconsin Conference for the fall football season 2021. And it was quite the game. I predicted brilliant one. Jordan predicted KLC will win. And let's just say I was right. Brilliant did win. I predicted we both predicted higher scoring games. That part we weren't necessarily right on. I I mentioned in our post that I said it depends on how brilliant's offense is going to go. If they're going to run the ball. A bunch of the playing from behind. We might see them pass more, but what happened was Kate or Brilliant kind of took the lead right away. Seven, nothing Mitchell Kotarovic, 48 yard touchdown run. And they were kind of just able to control the game, go nice and slow. And with that being said, that kind of made it a lower scoring game, but it was still a fun game. Robert told me to watch it. It was on, it's on YouTube, by the way, if you want to type in KLC Brilliant, it comes up right away on YouTube. So you can watch it there. They didn't have to pass much, Brilliant did. They only passed three times. Mason Bankey didn't have to. But, you know, we talk about the runners, how they how it's a running back by committee at Brilliant, and they did exactly that. Mason Bankey, 10 attempts, 19 yards. Mitchell Kotarovic, 11 attempts, 104 yards. He had a great game. Two, two rushing touchdowns for him as well. One for Bankey. Sam Galoff, 16 attempts, 89 yards, averaging 5.6 an attempt. And that that was really their offense. It was they were just running the ball. That's all. That's all. Brilliant does. They're an aggressive team. But what stood out to KLC's offense? Robbie Michael had to rush thirty times 
Matt Stefani, 18 only, but Robbie Michael, 30 attempts, 154 yards, 5.1 an attempt, two rushing touchdowns. But one thing that stood out, this brilliant defense had some big, big stops. They had a goal line stamp, the one yard line. That was the biggest one of the game. But they could not get Colin Gerdakis or Verhagen going. For Gerdakis, two receptions, nine yards. And then Verhagen, three receptions, 19 yards. So that, that stood out to me big time. Just the way, just the way Brilliant was able to stop them on defense was it was it was an incredible defensive stand by Brilliant multiple times throughout the game. And yeah, I mean, it was it was back and forth as well. Fourth quarter, Matt Stefani gets two yard rush, 18 to 14, they go up against Brilliant. Then Brilliant, Mason Makey gets that two yard touchdown we mentioned, goes up 21 18, and they win the game. So Brilliant wins the Eastern Wisconsin Conference for the football season. And with that being said, they finished seven and own conference, eight and one overall KLC, eight and one overall six and one in conference TR four and three over or four and three in conference, six and three overall keel three and four in conference, five and four overall new Holstein three and four in conference, four and five overall Chilton three and four in conference, three and six overall Belders two and five in conference, three and six overall. And then the Ron Colley Jets, 0-7 in conference, 0-9 overall. So that wraps up the regular season for EWC. But we got some playoff teams in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. We have Berlian, KLC, Keel, Chilton, New Holstein, and Two Rivers. So every team except Valders and Ron Colley make the playoffs. And let's go over the matchups briefly here. We're just going to talk about them. Not going to go into detail here. First one, number three, Berlian. Versus number six, Chilton. So Chilton's head into Brilliant. So we got an EWC matchup for round one of the playoffs here. And then number eight, New Holstein visits number one, Lake Country Lutheran. That's going to be a tough game there for the Huskies. Next game, number eight, Keel versus number one, Catholic Memorial, a rematch of the 2019 state final game for Division Four. And now we got a matchup round one. So this will be an interesting game for the Keel Raiders as they face the number one team in D4 and Catholic Memorial undefeated as well. I that, that game's going to be crazy. All right, the second last game here, number three, KLC hosts number six, Sheboygan Falls. So that's an interesting game there. Two local, local Sheboygan schools going at it, round one. Finally, number seven, TR visits number two, Denmark. So that wraps up the EWC playoff teams for week one. And yeah, we're going to now get right into the Clay Taylor, Bucks Believer, NBA preview. But first, we have some exciting news. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, has officially landed their first real sponsorship other than the Anchor ad. And we're going to roll that right now. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic. No lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stamps.com. Guys, there's no risk. And with our promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a 
four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. One more time, our promo code is P-O-D at stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to stamps.com. Thank you, Jordan, for that wonderful ad read. And yeah, we got to thank stamps.com one more time for sponsoring this episode. And it's really great to have our first official sponsor other than the anchor ad. So that being said, episode 32 officially resumes on the podcast with our special guest, Clay Taylor, the Bucks believer. And Clay, you had a big weekend. You won conference as a team Saturday for cross country from Valor. So congratulations to that. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Really excited to talk about the Bucks. It's great that the NBA starting up again, and I can't wait to get this going. Awesome. So let's get right into it. We got to talk, like you just said, the Milwaukee Bucks. So the season kicks off Tuesday, October 19th. So that's tomorrow already. We got the ring ceremony. I believe the game starts at 630, right? Isn't that what we're, we're going on? Let me just. I, I think so. I don't know for sure. But take it on the Brooklyn Nets. Very exciting way to kick off the season. Rematch of the Eastern Conference semifinals from last year. Yep. And yeah, at 630, I believe the ring ceremony, they're starting at 45 minutes for the game or something, even 30 minutes. And it is an expensive way to kick off the season. Let's say I was looking at how much tickets are going for Clay. I mean, do you want to guess? Uh, well, let's say like $100 a ticket. Oh, no, no. Uh, if we're going nosebleeds, we're, we're paying 175 bucks. Um, we're at 200. Wow. Yeah. $200. If I want to go kind of nice 250, it's, it's ridiculous right now for the prices and rightfully so. I mean, Brooklyn Nets opening night ring ceremony, it's going to be pricey. And I believe they're throwing a big, big shebang in the deer district as well for the game. I'll be watching it at the cheesecake factory in Shorewood. That's going to be where I'll be watching. So it'll be fun there. But um, I, hopefully you can watch the game too, Clay. I don't know how your schedule's looking. Is that going to be possible? I think so, yeah. I'll be able to make time. Got to make time for opening night, right? Especially a game against the Nets. Going to be awesome. For sure. And I, as we know, the Nets will most likely, I mean, they probably, they are going to be out without Kyrie Irving unless there's some, unless he immediately, I don't, I don't even think it's possible for him to play right now considering his vaccination status and how he would need both doses. But um, the Bucks, they're looking like favorites, obviously at home, no matter what the opponent, who the opponent is. And it is the Brooklyn Nets, but we'll be rooting for the Bucks there. And now I want to just quickly dive into something brief, like a little bit of preseason observation. And then we're going to go into like the team preview. So we're, we'll start with the Bucks preseason, like how, how you mentioned, we, you haven't been able to watch a lot of preseason. I haven't either, but there's some notes I still want to point out that we've been able to see. For example, I'm sure you've seen the clips of Giannis's jumper. What do you what do you think of that so far? I think that's a very exciting development. Obviously, that's really the one area of Giannis's game that hasn't quite reached an elite level yet. And so if he's consistently able to knock down those turnaround jumpers in the post or the pull-up three-pointers in transition, it just adds one more element to his game and makes him even more dangerous as a scorer. So that's definitely encouraging sign for Bucks fans and probably makes Giannis an even better candidate for a third MVP award this season. Oh, for sure. And I don't know if you also saw, he took one dribble for a free throw attempt and he swished it. One dribble. 
When, well, for those of us who watched the playoffs last year, that's definitely a good sign is that was a big struggle for Giannis. So yeah. hopefully this new free throw routine will help yeah. him uh, to become more reliable there. Yeah, I was going crazy on Twitter uh, Saturday night or Friday night. And it was, they're like, oh my goodness, he took one dribble and compared to the 10 or whatever number we saw yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> and also in the preseason, I mean, they were one in four. Who cares about record? It's the preseason. A lot of a lot of bench guys were playing. And um, just, it doesn't really matter, basically. We're trying to get guys like Grayson Allen, Jordan Wara, just guys getting minutes. And hopefully, you know, it pays off in the regular season. We can see these guys play an extended role. But we don't care about preseason. We're not big on preseason on this podcast. Even the Packers, we would talk about it. So let's just get right into the team preview. I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on some of the, cause we'll, I'm just going to go briefly. We're going to talk about like the off season moves, kind of like what, what led us to where we are right now, two days before the season or now a day before the season. So sounds good. Yep. So I'm going to go right down the moves and we're going to go through them. So what happened in this off season, they traded the 31st pick to Indiana for the 54th and 60th picks and a future second. They drafted Sandra Mamukalishvili with the 54th pick, and they drafted Yordgios Kalidakis with the 60th pick. And then they ended up signing Mamukalishvili and point guard Justin Robinson to two-way contracts. Do you know anything about Justin Robinson? Uh, he's a little guy in one of the games I was watching of the preseason. He was knocking down some pull-up three-pointers, but in general, I don't think we'll be see too, seeing too much of him outside of playing with the Wisconsin herd, maybe. <laughs> so more of the two-way, he'll be more of a herd guy than a Bucks guy. Okay, right? That's and, my read on the situation, yeah. All right, and then, of course, we re-signed center Bobby Portis, two years, nine million. Well, I was a big signing indeed, second-year player option with that contract. They re-signed power forward Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Two years on a minimum, second play, year player option as well. They signed George Hill, two years, eight million. Were you glad to see George Hill return to Milwaukee? Yeah, I definitely was. The backup point guard position was probably the biggest hole on the Bucks roster last season. They started off the season with DJ Augustine playing that role, and he really struggled, wasn't able to do much aside from knockdown shots, and it was a clear defensive liability. And then after they traded Augustine for PJ Tucker at the trade deadline, they wound up signing Jeff Teague to a minimum deal for the rest of the year. And Teague also really struggled, particularly with his decision-making as he was turnover prone and took too many shots. So to see the Bucks bring in someone who we know is one of the best backup point guards in the entire league in George Hill was definitely a promising development for Bucks fans. And he should be able to shore up that position for Milwaukee this season. Yeah, for sure. A solid backup. And let's go through more of these moves. They signed power forward, semi Ojale, one year minimum. Sign small forward Rodney Hood, one-year minimum. Do you think we'll see these guys in the rotation a good bit this year? I don't know if they'll be in the rotation immediately. I'm guessing we'll probably see a bit of Ojale on opening night guarding Kevin Durant as he's kind of the P.J. Tucker replacement. So I'm hopeful for that, but I don't know that they'll necessarily be guys who are playing big minutes when it becomes important games like in the playoffs. Okay, okay, and then... Here's the last big move. I don't know what you think of this move. I don't think you think highly of this move. Traded shooting guard Sam Merrill and two future seconds to Memphis for shooting guard Grayson Allen. So you want to reiterate your thoughts on that? So I didn't like this move initially because I'm a pretty big fan of Sam Merrill. I had him graded as a first-round pick prior to the 2020 NBA draft. So I was really happy when the Bucks got him 60th overall. 
but uh, obviously they moved on from him in favor of bringing in Grayson Allen. And the reason why I didn't like that trade was number one, I didn't view Allen as a huge upgrade over Merrill. And number two, the Bucks also had to include two second round picks in order to get that trade done. And I thought that the Bucks had some issues in terms of their front court depth. So I didn't think that bringing in a backup shooting guard was necessarily the best way to allocate their assets. However, in the preseason, we saw Grayson Allen really get going with his jump shot, and he's clearly going to be someone who can establish some chemistry with Giannis in the half-court offense, running inverted pick-and-roll sets and things like that. And he also is going to be able to knock down some movement jumpers for Milwaukee. So as I've seen Allen play a bit more, I'm getting a little bit more excited about that trade, and it seems like the Bucks may have gotten someone who could be a long-term piece on this team's core. Awesome, yeah, and uh, initially the trade, I was I was a pretty good pretty big fan of it and we know Grace now has that reputation not a great one and hopefully you know all that stuff aside we can see him thrive like how he did in the preseason and now with that being said let's go through the roster we're gonna we're gonna do the projected starters we're gonna go through their likely bench unit so let's get let's get to it I, I think the starters I think the starting five is pretty obvious here um, correct me if I'm wrong but Drew Holiday. At point, DiVincenzo shooting guard, Middleton small forward, Giannis power forward, Brooke Lopez center, right? It's it's that simple. If they're all healthy, then yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah. I'm not sure if Dante is going to be ready for opening night. He's obviously still struggling with the foot injury that he suffered in the first round of the playoffs last year against the Heat. So if he's not able to play on opening night, I think it'll probably be Grayson Allen starting in his place. But if those five guys are healthy, they were the starting lineup last year. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be the starting lineup once again this season. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because actually Dante, yeah, he he's out for uh, Tuesday right now is what is what they're saying. So we would see probably Grayson Allen, like you said, and if it wouldn't be Grayson Allen, I think you'd see like Pat Connaughton. But odds are it's going to be Grayson Allen. So, but now with the second unit, um, George Hill, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, the NASA Santa Tacumbo, and then Bobby Portis. And then with, with Allen or Connaughton maybe starting, you'd probably see a guy like maybe like Nora, Rodney Hood, someone like that. Take that or even like Semi Ojale, considering you how you mentioned Tuesday night, we might see the him guard Kevin Durant as he's going to take that PJ Tucker on. Would you agree with that kind of as the second real secondary? Yeah, I definitely would. It's hard to really evaluate second units in the NBA just because it likely is going to change each and every night. Some games, Coach Mike Budenholzer is going to be playing Thanasis as the backup forward, and some nights it's going to be Shemi Ojale in that spot. Some nights you're going to see Jordan Nora coming off the bench. Other nights it's going to be a lot of Pat Connaughton. It just kind of depends on matchups and who's healthy and all of that. But in general, those are, I think you said, seven guys. Those are mm-hmm. going to be the guys yep. that, that the Bucks are going to lean on the most off of the bench. And really, I think that the bench is clearly upgraded over last season since the Bucks were able to retain Portis and then add George Hill, add Grayson Allen. So this is this is a good bench unit for the Bucks and definitely better than last season, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Uh, and then I got some questions for you, Clay. I want to know what you think with Jordan Wara, Yorgius Kalidzakis, and then like Sandro Mamukalashvili. Do we think these guys Let's just start with Noir. Do we think he's going to see an expanded role from last year? Are we going to see him play more maybe this year? Of the three guys you just mentioned, I definitely think that Nora has the best chance to be in the Bucks rotation. I've said oftentimes in my videos on my channel that 
I'm not huge on Jordan Nora. I do think that there's a chance that he could become a rotation player for the Bucks this year, but he really has to focus on improving aspects of his game outside of just shooting. If he's able to run a little bit more pick and roll and is able to be active defensively and not a liability on that end, then I do think that he could be a contributor for the Bucks in important games. But if he's not able to make those key improvements in those areas, particularly the passing and defense, then I think this might be another developmental year for Nora. And after that, I think he might be restricted free agent. So really, this is a key time in Nora's career. And I'm hopeful that he's able to make some key steps forward because he definitely would help the Bucks out with his scoring and shooting off of the bench. Yeah, and at our custodial job this past summer, we, we had some great talks about Nora. And you really had some great points mentioning that. So I'm glad you brought those up again here. So, Clay, my final question then is regarding Yorgios Kalidzakis. We saw him actually make the roster, not on a two-way contract like Justin Robinson and Sajo Mamu Kalashvili. Do we think with him just being on the roster that we'll see him have an ex- a role in, like, blowouts and we'll see him get a lot more quality playing time? And are you just are you glad he made the roster? What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Personally, I don't think it's too big a deal that he made the active roster. Uh, the Bucks, as I'm sure most people know, are struggling with the, the luxury tax right now. They're going to be paying it for the second straight season. And so rookie players can get much cheaper contracts than veteran players can. So I think that the Bucks probably just signed Khalid Zakis to a guaranteed contract for this season so that they could have that cheaper contract on the back end of their bench rather than having to pay a veteran million extra. So I don't think Khalid Zakis is going to play very much this year. He looked okay at times during the preseason, but overall seemed to struggle a little bit adjusting to the pace of play in the NBA. So I think that he's probably just on the active roster as someone who's on a cheaper contract rather than being someone who the Bucks really believe is capable of playing a role this season. Okay, so it's more of like a front office move is what is what you're seeing. That would make total sense with you mentioned the luxury tax. And Clay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I'm sorry, but what's can you just throw out a number what you think the Bucks record will be next year? Let's hear it. So there's there's two different ways that I think you can think about this. I think that like a median outcome for the Bucks is gonna be something like 58 wins, but I'd be surprised if they ended up there. I think they're either going to win quite a bit less than that because they're going to be resting players a lot and making sure everyone's healthy after their long run in the playoffs last season. And then Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton played in the Olympics. So I think they're either going to win like 53 games if they're taking that route or they're going to get back to just pounding everybody as they did in both the 2018-19 and 2019-20 seasons. And in that case, I could see them winning something like 63 games. I think that I'm a pretty optimistic person in general, so I kind of lean towards them taking the latter. So for my prediction for the Bucks record this season, I'm going to go with 61-21. and 21. Okay, I, I like that. I was... I liked what you said about the whole idea of rest and stuff, which we saw. I mean, last year, the Bucks they finished 46 and 26. Um, and they had like that big losing streak in the middle of the year, like five, five games or whatever it was. Um, I'm going to go. I like what you said with the 50 to 55. I wouldn't be complaining with like a 60, you know, with, with 60 win season there. Um, let me think about what I want to do here. Now this, I'm going to go. Hmm. I'll just go 60 and 22, you know, 
Something simple okay. like that. I, I, I like 61. I hope they go back to their 2018, 2019 ways, but I hope if they go back to that, we don't see them like, we don't see them just losing the playoffs. I, I, I'm okay if they go get a second or third seed and they make that nice long playoff run, but I'm rooting for a good regular season, of course, because why not? I mean, I, I like watching this team win games, but I, I like even more when they win playoff games. So hopefully they can do that as well on like 2018, 2019. But Clay? To round out this episode, I got a surprise version of trivia for you, Bucks themed, just for you. Oh boy, oh boy! Comes out, <laughs> and I did not tell him about it. So, here we go, right away. Number one, who do the Bucks play for their first road game of the regular season? I got options oh, if you need them. No, you need okay, them? give me options. Give me options. All right, I think. Okay. A, the San Antonio Spurs. B. The Miami Heat or C, the Golden State Warriors? Who? Okay. My guess that I was going to say was the Celtics, but obviously they're not on the list, so that can't be it. I think I'm going to go with the Warriors. No, the answer would be B, the Miami Heat. Oh boy. Okay. Not off to a good start here. You're okay. You're okay. This one's okay. a little easier. Okay. What is the name of the Bucks' new TV play by play announcer? Oh, no. Uh, I know it's a, a, a female, but I haven't watched too many preseason games. It's okay. She's on Bally Sports. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you have options for this one? Because I think I could say it if I... Oh, I no options it. for this one. I'm sorry, oh, Clay. This is really annoying. I, okay. I don't want to... I could be over too. Okay, what's, who is it? It's Lisa Byington. Okay. Yeah, I was never going to get that. Okay, Lisa You're okay. Byington. You're okay. You're okay. okay. You're okay. Over two. Mar- Bad start. <laughs> This one I did mention, so you should be able to get this one. Number three, what was the Bucks preseason record? One and four. Correct. You're on the board. Ooh, we okay, all right. we got one right, so I'm these, not going to be completely embarrassed. <laughs> these next two, you have options, but they are regarding preseason stats. You said you didn't watch a lot of preseason. That's why I texted you a few days ago about it. But I gave you options, and I hope these options help you out here, Clay. Okay. Who led the Bucks in scoring in the preseason? A, Chris Middleton. B, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or C, Drew Holiday? Um, I'm going to go with Giannis. Uh, no, it was A, Chris Middleton. Oh, man. Okay. You're okay. You got one more. All right. Number five, who led the Bucks in minutes played in the preseason? A, Brooke Lopez. B, Jordan Wara. Or C, Sandro Mamoukalashvili. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Jordan Nora. Correct. Clay Taylor's okay. on. Got it. Two, two for five. It was a tough version of trivia, Clay. You're the Bucks believer. We have to give you some toughies. And yeah. I, I know you didn't watch the preseason. So yeah, I, I know you don't watch the preseason as much because, I mean, you're busy. Let, let's be honest here. So I, I try to give some options for those. But, hey, we'll take a two out of five. This was, this was a tough version of trivia. I, I like to make a, I, I gave you the draft trivia a few few months ago already and you aced that one so we had to up up the difficulty a little bit so too yeah, fun. this no- is definitely tougher <laughs> nothing to be ashamed about you did pretty well for being a really tough trivia indeed so anything else clay you want to talk about um i don't think so drew i uh, just thanks for having me on it's a lot of fun to talk with you about the bucks and hopefully uh i can be on soon maybe uh, before the playoffs again 
Of course. We love to have you on. So can you shout yourself out? Uh, on YouTube, I'm the Bucks Believer. I haven't been uploading too much recently just because it was the off season and the preseason, but hopefully I can get back into the swing of things now that the regular season is starting up again. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for you, Drew. Thanks for having me on. Of course, Clay, we love to have you on. And now I have to shout out the socials for the podcast. And you guys know the drill. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. YouTube, Jordan Drew the sports crew. And yeah, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan Drew the Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.